Welcome to the Sheila Mack Show, Reality at its Finest. Here we have real people sharing real stories and actionable steps to help you reinvent, rebuild, and reboot your business and personal life on your terms. I'm your host, Sheila Mack, and today we have special guest, Trey Kelly. Now, he just started his podcast show a few weeks ago. It's a dynamic podcast that features a book passage reading review episode, a content episode where he talks about things he's feeling, particularly what he's passionate about at the time, which includes politics, sports, movies, and anything else, and an interview episode where he interviews anyone who his audience might find interesting or influential. He is 21 years old and from a small town in northwest of Atlanta, Georgia, where his dad is the mayor, successful entrepreneur, and bishop for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he also served as a missionary for the same church for two years in Utah and Ecuador. So welcome to the show, Trey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. All right. And um, I like to start off each episode by asking if you can share with the audience about a time in your business or personal life where you experienced a tough situation and how you got back on track. That's a that's a really great question. We all have so many experiences like that in our life, I believe. Some of my hardest moments in my life were it was during this two-year mission trip that I served. That I told you about I was in especially when I was in a foreign country, this was extremely adjusting to the language, to the culture, the food, everything. And something that really affected was my mental health. It was really hard for me to to stay focused and stay motivated and I started to to feel anxious and depressed but what really got me through that was reaching out to people around me i think mm -hmm. too many times we try to do things alone but there's a lot of people around us that are willing to help and so we just have to overcome our pride i know i had a, i had a lot of pride i didn't want to reach out to people but when i finally just put away my pride reached out and i, I was able to get so much support and so much help and then just having the they helped me to just start having small wins and if mm -hmm. you have small daily wins and you yeah. keep building those up then that will get you back on track that will get you motivated energetic happy faster than anything else mm, so true very very true wow that's incredible so what led you to start your show i've been motivated by a lot of the great podcasters out there that I've listened to. And I love the ideas that they share. And I feel like I have a lot of ideas of my own that I, I hope could be beneficial to the world. And that I'd love to get out there and grow an audience. Even if the audience isn't huge, I'd love to have an audience where, where people find insight in the things that I have to say. Mm, yes, that's great. Very important. So what was it like doing the missionary trips? I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, it was an adventure for sure. Like I said, there was hard times, but there was also some of the great time, greatest times I've ever had. It was probably the, the two hardest years of my life and the two best years of my life as well, which mm -hmm. can sound kind of contradictory, but it's true. The most powerful thing that happened to me was seeing change in others, mm -hmm. because that's the point of, of these trips that we go on is we want to to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people around the world and anybody and everybody. 
because I truly believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ can transform people. And I saw it happen before my eyes. And that was, for me, the most powerful experience I could have had, especially as, as a young man. I started at the age of 18 and I got back when I was 20. That's, that's so interesting. So um, for those listening in, I think it's so incredible to learn about different faith and religious practices. And so from your church, um, would you share a little bit about the representation of your missionary trip and, and how that is connected with, with your, um, I don't know, stepping into adulthood, how that kind of works? <laughs> I don't know much about it myself. Like how... so learn <laughs> yeah like basically like how serving this mission helps prepare us for our future in life mm-hmm. yeah i i truly believe that this two-year mission trip is like 10 years of life experience packed into two years and because when we go out there i mean i was a teenager i was 18 years old never lived outside of home never done much of anything on my own before and suddenly i have to live on my own provide for myself i have to i'm not completely on my own missionaries for our church we go out two by two so we have a companion with us that we live with that was something to deal with as well just learning how to to live with another person that you've never met and every six weeks we we change to who our companion is and so incredible experience i also had opportunity to to become a leader of other missionaries to be able to to serve and help in in that capacity it taught me so much more than i think i could have learned in any other way going about my life i think that i learned more there than i would have in college if i had taken those two years and been in college instead which i am in college now i think college is great but i think that was the best way to start off my adulthood I love that. That is so great. And that's really interesting. I totally believe that there's something about getting to know people outside in the whole world <laughs> through travel and and sharing and learning about other cultures is so incredible. And what a wonderful experience. Now for myself, six children, I adopted three and three of my own. And so this really big family and my youngest two, uh, my son actually had a heart condition uh, from fifth grade on. And so when we got into the high school years, we decided to do like a home study program and travel because we, you know, we actually, he was only given like a year in fifth grade and he lived to be 22. And so we traveled together as a family and we got to see the world and we, we did a lot of spiritual studies and, and, and got to visit, uh, you know, Holy land. And we went to India. We studied with so many different people and learned the different cultures from all over the world. And we kind of had a blast and it's like, it, it just really changed our our way of looking at the world and connecting with different people. A lot of gratitude came in to what we have here in the United States. Even if you're on a budget, <laughs> we're doing better than like most of the people in the world <laughs> overall. So it, it was just, it just changes perspective so much. 
So I think that that was that's an incredible thing uh, to to have as part of your faith practice to be able to go out and then share your faith with others as well. And so that that's pretty cool. And now, what is it like having a dad who's the mayor? It's a really cool experience. It, it opens me up to a lot of amazing opportunities um, to be able to, to see him in action, to be able to meet some of the people that that he meets. I mean, it's a really small town. It's not like he's the mayor of Atlanta or anything like that. But but it, it's still it's awesome to to see him be able to to lead the city and to really be engaged in mm. as a, as a citizen engaged in, in in politics trying to better the community that this world or this country especially really needs right now is people engaging in politics and, and it forever politics has been such a taboo thing like you don't talk about politics you don't talk about real Wow, and we are doing both Legend. today. <laughs> Watch out, everyone. <laughs> yeah, and that's great. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we because have no fear. <laughs> you've got to talk about these things. Yeah, exactly. It is, it's very important. And, oh, gosh, what I found with my studies and travels is that when you understand a culture and their belief system and their religious practices and how everything is connected, it really you understand the people more and you can connect with them. You can do business with people better when you understand where they're coming from, from all aspects. So if you leave out big so parts yeah, of who they are or what their beliefs, their values are, then you're missing part of the person and how to connect with them. Yeah. So it's, it's really important. And uh, you know, I, I adopted three children, right? So I had children coming in from very different, um, a variety of different belief systems and backgrounds that we had to, you know, all agree upon certain things. And, and so um, it was really interesting. And there was a belief that I had was that the three children that I, I fostered to adopt. And, and I really believed that that was like a, kind of like a God contract, like a soul contract, like they were supposed to be in the family and in that period of yeah. time and, and that they had to have their original experiences first. And that was part of what they needed in their life to become, they're all actually all serving. Um, one is in the army, <laughs> you know, I have all these Navy <laughs> and, and the Marines. That's incredible at all and and so that and they're traveling the world and and um really representing our country now so it, it's kind of cool uh but that that was a big thing and to to really listen to what they brought and and um their experiences and hear their stories really helped my children to have a lot of gratitude for things. So yeah. we also grew up, um, they grew up uh, in our home, which was very political. And I'm going to be very honest, it was nonpartisan primarily. So I worked a lot with um, many campaigns for equal education for all um, to help children to have really good, fair quality education in the US. And so that was something I worked really hard on 
And my children grew up with helping me back then. We used to print the flyers <laughs> and they, they would come into the campaign offices. We met all the mayors. We met a lot of people in politics and we had a blast uh, because it was really to help children. And so they were involved in, in that process. They weren't like left aside and being in what being part of what we did because it was helping kids <laughs> and this and that it really taught them a lot about politics and people and and just that was another cool experience that we didn't hide from from the children so they had fun they have the best memories and everybody just loved them we'd you know get the flyers out we got to ride on the bus with all the people um, and do a campaign uh, we did a documentary about uh, school choice that was filmed at usc <laughs> we had a blast so you know if you're listening in and you're a parent whatever your, you know, bring your children in, you know, to whatever your spiritual practice is, of course, and then whatever your belief and value system is, so that they understand and they become really great citizens later on because they're involved. And they can speak wisely about whatever the topic is because they've experienced it. Um, now, what are some of the shows? You've had a few shows already. Can you tell me like a little example about what the shows were like? What What did you talk about so far on your podcast? Yeah, for sure. I've had a couple shows come out now and one's in the works right now. But my first episode, I first talked about, um, of course, and in politics in America right now, it's um, really starting to ramp up. We got the 2024 elections coming, and I talked about everything that go that's going on, especially in the Republican Party with Ron DeSantis and finally entering the presidential race, um, which was a, a big move that a lot of people expected. Um, I, I, I talked about that and who I thought was the better candidate between DeSantis and Trump, and then. I went into talking about sports, a huge debate in the sports world is who's the greatest between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And I had to take on that debate and, <laughs> and show to the world how Michael Jordan is the greatest. And then um, finally for that episode, I talked about um, not too long ago, I think it was a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it. There was a 60 minutes episode on uh, on my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, talking about our, our finances and how there was a whistleblower and some, some controversial things uh, came out. And I talked about my thoughts on that and and the, the whole legal process on it and everything. So that was my first episode. And then I did have a an episode about a book reading where we read a passages from how to re how to win friends and and influence people by Dale Carnegie, yeah. Yeah. which I believe is possibly the greatest self-help book of all time. Another episode coming out, it should come out on Monday about we discussed we discussed Andrew Tate and what our thoughts are on him because he's a really big controversial figure in the media right now. Andrew Tate is some multimillionaire, maybe billionaire. I don't know. He's a really rich guy who. It, he was gotten really famous recently for go, going on podcasts and he talks about 
basically about masculinity, what it means to be a man and what masculinity should be about. I think he's got a lot of really good views, things yeah. that that have been attacked by society, but when it comes to masculinity, that shouldn't be, that, that, that should actually be promoted and brought out because it creates stronger men and stronger societies. Um, but he's also, he's a very worldly, prideful man who, his like his biggest focuses in life is having a lot of money, having big houses, cars, and and getting with a lot of women. And oh. I don't think that's I don't think that's what manhood is about. And I I think that that he he does get things wrong a lot. Well, there are people that that still are figuring things out in that realm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. Some podcasts about masculinity and femininity and how that shows up in the world and in each of us. And it, you know, I think that there's in each relationship, there's definitely um, the qualities. And if you have whatever the relationship looks like, um, if two people are really masculine, it's not going to work out if they're both in their masculine. Mm -hmm. And if, and a lot of women today are, are in their masculine and, and not very feminine. And right, a lot yeah. of, and it's like, it's, it's like, okay, in order, it kind there's a balance and we all have kind of both in us in a, in our own way. There's times where you're softer mm -hmm. because you need to be, even as a guy, like you're going to be a dad one day, you're going to be softer with your children. You're, you know, you're going to be loving in a certain way. And, and so it's, it really is important because a lot of us, there's been a lot of loss in that area of figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and it's individual. Yeah, 100%. yeah. And, and everybody's got to do that for themselves, whatever works for them, but it is really an important uh, thing. I mean, I definitely think there there's nothing nicer than, well, a, a masculine man to me, the first thing I think of is that I feel really safe. Right. They make me feel safe. I know I'm okay. I don't, and then I can be really feminine. I don't have to defend myself because they're going to do that. They like, they're like, I got this and they mean it. <laughs> and so that, that's like, yeah. sign me up for the masculine man. That's awesome. <laughs> and so that, you know, and there is, and if you're not feeling safe with a man, then he's probably, or somebody that's, that's in the masculine realm in a relationship, you're not going to feel safe. And if you don't feel safe mm -hmm. in a relationship, you can't have a relationship, you know? And I think it goes both ways because the man has to feel safe in his own way that, that, you know, you're an honorable woman that's going to be in a good relationship. And, and so there's, there's a lot. And I think that's the values your values have to be aligned when you're getting into a relationship, which may be the next step in your life. It's really important. It's like the biggest decision you'll make. And if you're not aligned in your values, how you're going to live, how you're going to have your faith, how you raise your family, then it's not going to be a good relationship. It's going to be very confusing for children and so you've, whatever that conversation is and however you decide when you're dating or getting into marriage, 
or considering whatever that looks like in a relationship for you, that's really important to be on that same page and know. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I loved how you said all that. Oh, thank you. I, I, it was perfectly said. I watch, I watch a lot of Jordan B. Peterson and uh, have you heard of him? Great. Don't tell Jordan. But they look all these people up. Heard of him either? <laughs> no. But no, yeah, he he's one of the most famous psychologists right now, and he he shares pretty much the exact same views, same way you worded it. So I really love love how you said that. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to really look him up because we agree. <laughs> That's cool. That is great. Yes. So that's wonderful, though, uh, and it's so nice because you're very young still, even though you might not feel that young. You enjoy that young time. <laughs> it goes quick. What was that like for you um, going through? You went through like high school and COVID? During so COVID actually, COVID started, COVID actually started right after so I graduated in 2019. So so COVID started okay. in 2020. Um, so actually, wow. I started my mission trip during COVID. Yeah. So you were really guided to go, and even through the pandemic, that was pretty brave. Were there some people that put off their yeah? It was a yeah. A lot of people actually put off their mission trips for that. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. So what was your decision that was like, I'm going to go anyway? Well, I've always known that I was going to go since, since I was a young kid, I, I've had dreams of going on a mission. And so when the time came, I wanted to go, I wanted to do it. And, and they gave me the option. Church headquarters um, sent me an email and asked me, do you want to postpone for 18 months or you can just go now? And I said, let's go now because I, I knew mm -hmm. I wanted to do it. And so I, I didn't want to wait any longer. Right. Wow. That's incredible. Well, that's wonderful that you did that. And you had some what was like the hardest experience you had during that missionary trip or trips? Definitely during that time when I, I was feeling um, just really overwhelmed by, by being in, in Ecuador, being in a different country, and I, I was having a lot of struggles mentally. And then I got, um, there's a there's a kind of an infamous disease down there called dengue that comes oh. from the, the mosquitoes. Right. And so just during that time, like my worst mental state, I... I got dengue, so, it, oh, so and it's just a, a terrible physical state as well because it's a really painful disease. Like it's this fever that you get that's really painful. The nickname oh. for it is called um, breakbone fever, I think. Wow. And so I was just out. I was just stuck in bed for like a week, and it was um, yeah that that was an incredibly hard time. I still had. Uh, a few more months left out of my two years and at that time i wanted to go home so bad and just get back to america where we have better health care hospitals and and get feeling better and get mentally better um but i just i knew i had to stick through it i started the two-year mission and i was i was going to finish it
Good job. Yes. So that required a lot of faith to get yeah, through. Definitely. That was definitely a challenge. Wow. And yeah. were you able to stay connected with your family during that time? A little bit. So as missionaries, we only talk to our families every Monday or only once a week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, so God. that was that made it definitely that that was an added challenge of not not even being yeah. able to connect with my family like that. Wow! Wow! And during such a crazy time, yeah, that even the hospitals it was hard to get in anywhere um, at a certain point. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad you're here, and you've got a lot of great work to do. Uh, and so, now, what are your goals for the next? year well my main goals are to of course continue with my podcast continue to grow my audience and hopefully be able to reach more people and have more amazing opportunities like this one and then work-wise i'm actually um, working to become a police officer right now and so that's what i'm working towards in in this next year other than that um, not much, just live life, have fun and, and make, uh, make great experiences. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we've got a, a new police officer in training soon then. That's, that's awesome. Thank you then. That's, that is another guided, um, faith guided kind of a decision to be an officer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a hard time I think for police officers right now. They a lot of people don't trust police officers. Um, a lot of people want to to either defund or get rid of police officers. And you know, it, 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 I think what we need more than anything is, is really uh, good people with good intentions joining law enforcement and and trying to make our community better. And so I hope that I can give my best effort on doing that. That's wonderful. And if you're listening into this show, I actually had some incredible interviews with other police officers and how they were um, rebuilding community and relationships and really working on making the police force um, improved. And so those are some shows that if you listen, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll be able to listen there to the past episodes. And so that might be something interesting if you're listening in and interested in that topic. All right. So that's pretty cool. That is, yes, I love that. That is great. Well, I have much respect for you and your goals and your vision. So now for those listening in, where can they tune into your show? Yeah, so I have my show on, on it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on it's on all the major um, podcast networks. Um, it's called the Trey. Ke Sorry, it's called the Trey Kelly Perspective, and so you can look it up anywhere uh, on there. Maybe you could put a link to it on your show. Yes, I will do that. The Trey Kelly Perspective, and it was kind of cool because the phone like gave music right at the time that you were announcing your show. <laughs> so, yeah, it was yeah. an intro, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> intro. So that is really great. And now, uh, one of the things that I like to ask is if you could go back 
in time to your younger self, and I always say around 10, 10 years old, what advice would you give your younger self? I would, I would love to be able to do that and, and have some words of wisdom, but I would definitely go back and, and tell him to, to be strong, do the little things right every day, because there's a lot of choices that we can make every day. Um, and, but there's a few really important choices. They might not seem that big, but they're really important. And if we do those right every day, it really affects the outcome later down the road. And I would really do my best to impress upon him and upon my younger self to, to make sure to do those little things right and stay consistent and stay disciplined. Yes, definitely. I agree. Discipline is everything. Um, I, I totally agree with you there. And such an important thing, because when you're 10, you don't have a lot of discipline. Yeah, right. And then there's people that are like 50 and they still don't have discipline. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so, true. You know, like you have to force yourself sometimes. But with that, you're it, it's like there's form and freedom. If you have the form and the structure to be disciplined, then you own everything. You have the life that you want based on your value system and you can reach your goals based on what you want in your life. But if you don't have that discipline, you won't have that freedom. So that's, it, it's like the key to freedom is discipline. You know, and yeah, and that's yeah. perfectly said. <laughs> yeah. A lot you of know, people so many people believe. Like, yeah. Good. Sorry. So, so many people believe that, you know, freedom comes from almost the opposite of discipline from doing whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. When that's not really true because then you become slave to your emotions, to your desires, whatever you want right in that moment, you have to have it and you're a slave to that. And, and that translates to, to a lot of addictions like um, drugs, alcohol, pornography, all these different things. When the true freedom comes from when you are free from your own temptations, your own desires, and you have the discipline to to put first things first, and then that will bring you true joy, whatever, and true freedom that you that you desire in your life. Yes, that really is true. And you know, you brought up drugs and alcohol and all those different things that are. Um, difficult for some people. I have been really blessed with not having that in my life. And um, my kids don't have that in their life. Uh, so like, I don't drink at all. And, and it's not like a religious thing. Or it's just like, that's just my values. And, and it's, it's not, it's a lot of sugar. There's so many reasons. And I like to have my mind, yeah. I like to be in control. Maybe I'm a control freak, because I like to be in control. <laughs> I don't want like something else to be in control of what I'm thinking or doing. So exactly. that's always been my thing. And it's it's really important if you have someone out there that is struggling with that. I do have an entire chapter in my book on helping family and friends that might be going through a struggling with an addiction. So that is in my book. And that's something that, you know, if you if you look around, you might have a friend that's struggling or suffering and just showing up and being present to support um, people through their walk out of that 
is going to be so helpful. And there's ways to do that without, um, I don't know, maybe helping too much where it's like a crutch and they stay in their addiction. So it's really mm -hmm. important. There's ways to do that. And um, yeah, so that's another topic I talk about sometimes because it's, it's out there and there's a lot of pressure. I mean, you're 21. There's a lot of pressure yeah. when you go to school. Are you in school now? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So there's a lot of peer pressure. And even uh, in my age, people are like, let's go to dinner. Let's go drink. And I'm like, I'll have water. I'll have a nice tea. <laughs> and they're like, why aren't you drink. drinking? I don't, I don't need to drink. I, I'm happy already. I have no need for all that. And yeah. so it's, it's one of those things. And so that is discipline. It's self-discipline. And it's dealing with the pressure that comes from the world. And so you have to be really strong in what you've decided and then be disciplined to stick with that. 100%. I love that. And I love, I mean, your, your content is incredible. I really need to, I love to, to dive more into your content because just everything that you're saying, it, it, it's right, right on the money in my view. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I look forward to listening to your show as well. And so uh, we are at the end of our time now. And so I'd like to, again, uh, share your station um, or where people can tune in to your show, Trey. Yes, please. It's the Trey Kelly Perspective at any of the major uh, places where you listen to your podcast. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again, Trey, for being a special guest on the show. And for those tuning in, we'll be back after these messages. All right.